Welcome back to Purposeful Parenting Period. This is your host, Brian Donato. And today I have an impactful, amazing guest named Kriya Lenziam. She lives in Asheville, North Carolina. She's a school counselor, addictions and prevention specialist, parent, coach, therapist, and most importantly, a mom to a 22-year-old son and two step-teens. So I know this would be a really powerful conversation. So once again, thank you for, for being here and being one of the first guests on my podcast, Kriya. Absolutely. It is my honor and I am extremely excited to be part of this. Awesome. Awesome. So let's just get right to the first question. So obviously I said two or three things about you to start, but um, if like you had to summarize who you are very briefly, of course, who are you as a person and as a parent? Yeah. So, and those of course being totally interwoven and they're, and they're interwoven with what I do professionally too. You know, I mean, it's all, it all interweaves. And, and I think, you know, I got to go back. I got to go back to when I was a kid and I was a teenager and I really um, was, was kind of a hot mess. And I ended up in rehab at 19 with like multiple addictions and just sort of self-destructive behaviors and patterns and um, had, you know, and, and that, that really started my journey of, of turning it around, you know, and wanting to guide, other kids, you know, um, sort of more healthily through that, helping them to love themselves better, helping them to sort of get their values on straight and be congruent awesome. with them. Yeah. And want to like, sort of like believe in themselves, um, and have the coping skills, you know, and having all resilience and all those things. Right. So that, that ended up moving me eventually towards those things that you listed, you know, that, that I've done, which are, you know, being a school counselor, I wasn't just a school counselor. I was a school counselor in these alternative schools that were kids that had really been discarded. They were kids that had um, really gone off the rails, you know, so juvenile justice and kids that were expelled from school, lots of trauma, um, pregnant and parenting teenagers, you know, I mean, that's, that's the kind of school counselor I was for half of my career. And, um, and so, you know, doing that work, working with those kids and those families, that it really started to give me this perspective on, on my own parenting. And, and I just, my, my own kid was like, three, four, five, you know, when I started my, when I started my career and it already sort of started to, you know, in the back of my mind, it was informing me both my own childhood, right? The fact that, um, as a, as a hot mess teen yeah. <laughs> that I, you know, and, and looking at what got me on that path and why was I making those choices? And then all of these kids that I was working with, you know, it really informed my parenting in terms of, okay, well, I can see the, the things that contributed to the choices these kids made and the path that they took and what they didn't have in their worlds and what they didn't have inside. And, and it just, it just sort of strengthened my commitment and my awareness of, of how I wanted to raise my own child, as well as watching what, what those parents were, were doing and not doing and, um, and not judgmentally, because again, a lot of them weren't parented well, they didn't know they were doing the best that they knew to do, especially in the environments they were in. But it also just gave me that like self check of self reflection, be like, okay, I need to keep I want to keep myself in in check, because I see how um, we can we can damage and misguide our kids, you know, and so yeah, um, yeah so I mean, I feel like it, it all wove, you know, it all wove together for me. Right? Yeah, there, there was so much great stuff that you talked about there. I mean, like the the one thing was like, as you said, like you were you know, going through a, a lot of challenges when you were younger. And then it's kind of like you kind of raised yourself to a point where um, you kind of just got better and better and kind of became the person that you wanted to be. 
And then that kind of plays in the parents and that's just so powerful. Cause I think a lot of times like someone hearing this might hear that you're, you know, a school counselor and you're all these things on the outside, but, but that's not really the core of who you are. It's, it's like your, your journey as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and now, you know, my son is now 22 and, um, and I can say, you know, I'm really, I'm proud you know, who he's become. And I'm, and I'm, and I see that while I was completely imperfect at it, <laughs> you know, despite having all the degrees and the letters after my name and the, you know, is that he ended up being my greatest teacher for sure on how to, on how to do this better and better and better as I went, as long as I stayed humble and self-reflective and kept on, you know, committing to doing my self work as I went you know, I kept getting better at it. And here I am on the other side where I've got this young adult, you know, who's starting to move out into the world and I get to watch him use all that stuff that I like, you know, help to shape and watch it actually show up and how he interacts with the world. And it's like, I mean, I feel like I'm teary talking about it. Like it's really yeah. beautiful to watch. And cause he was just Ace's age. <laughs> you know, it's like he was just crawling around making noises, all cute, right? And, yeah. and so now, you know, now I, I again, the interweaving of, like my commitment has deepened at, for my career, you know, so my, so my career is sort of taking this expansion and unfurling as I, now I'm really committed to coaching parents. I mean, I still work with teenagers and I still feel like I'm a, like a teen whisperer because I'm always going to be kind of an adolescent inside, <laughs> but I, um, but now I work with, with parents and with educators, you know, I've sort of got enough expertise and enough years on the road there in the trenches that I can turn it around and be like, okay, well now I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to coach you guys. We're going to do some workshops. And, you know, I'm going to lead you through some trainings um, at how to, how to guide our kids healthily towards and through adolescence to be like thriving young adults. You know, and I feel like I can now speak on that after, and I have two step teens as well. So um, now that I've done the teen years, <laughs> I, can, yeah. I can coach on that. Awesome. awesome. So it's like in your role as parent coach, I mean, you're using, of course, is like the strategies that you use as a parent and really just like all of your roles. I mean, they're just dealing with people. So it's kind of like a lot of the things that you're maybe communicating to your child, you're communicating to people through your work. And then like to go deeper into the character traits um, that you that you have instilled in your in your son, it's like you can pinpoint like one or two kind of key things that you really tried to to instill in him what would they be so one of them for sure um that feels central is is like the development of an inner compass and and what i mean by that it's kind of like this blending of all you know and all the values that that you've spoken about in your youtube channel and in your blogs and um but the ability to have our kids have this inner guidance system that that helps them move move into the world with in integrity and congruence um but when they're not on our watch yeah. <laughs> that's the thing you know so I've, I've seen a lot of parents who are um more um not authoritarian you know authoritarian and i worked in juvenile justice i mean i watch you know th this approach of okay well i want my kid this here's who i want my kid to be you know i want them to have these values i want them to live this way i want them to kind of be this person and and really being um kind of controlling and how they how they shape that and it's coming from the same you know we all have that intention we want our kids to thrive and craft these beautiful lives out there right but but the way that parents go about it sometimes i watch it backfire because when the when the directions and the control and the instructions and the here's who to be and how comes from outside all the time then 
then they, they will do the things and say the things to make us happy, to get the pats on the back, to get the good stuff, <laughs> to not, yeah. get the, not get the punishments. And then as soon as they walk out the door, they don't, they're not actually rooted in those values. It's not what they really believe and who they really believe in being. They're just sort of playing this game for us. Which doesn't, wow. stick, yeah. which doesn't stick, right? So, so it's that believe that that all of those like values of you know of kindness and of service and of self love and of self respect and you know all of those things that they you know really need to have them ingrained in this way that it is truly who they believe in being, and they really want these goals for themselves um, enough that when they walk out the door, you know, it's on the front burner for them. They know what, the, and, and the key to this is really helping them to be clear on those values, not just telling yeah. them what they should be, right. but so, so that they are clear on what their own values are and what their own, who they want to be, how they want to live, you know, what their goals are so that it's on their front burner. So that means that when they walk out the door, you know, and they have, and our kids increasingly are out of our, further and further out of our control. You know, there's more and more forces that are pushing and pulling on them out there. <laughs> and there's more and more complicated and dangerous choices for them to make. And so they, we need to trust, you know, we want to trust that when they walk out that door, that they're going to sift all of their choices through that value system if, if it's on the front burner, right? So whether they are, they decide to use drugs or not, if they decide to start being sexual or not, who they're going to date, who they're going to be friends with, you know, where they decide to go to college or what they decide to do, you know, or not. Yeah. <laughs> but all of those choices will get filtered through that value system if we help them to get solid in it, internalized. And so then they're steering their own life. And that's, and that's whether they're eight or whether they're 14, right? Or whether they're 22. Right. You know, that, 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 and, and that means that, they're, that they will be more resistant to peer pressure. They'll be more resistant to media pressure, you know, if they've got right. that internalized. And, so, and that sounds easy. I mean, the, the, the pathway it's definitely there, not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the pathway there is a lot of work for us as parents. And it's, and it's not just like magic wand, but that, that's the ultimate thing. That's my... That's what I really aimed for with my kid. And awesome. I can say that it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I can now. Yeah. No, but I saw that along the way. I saw that along the way. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely something, like, that's at the core of me as a parent, too. I mean, I want Ace to just live his own authentic journey, which is really important. Yeah, there's so much you said that, which is um, really key. So I really hope people that are hearing this really take it to heart. Um, like, one thing you said was, like you want your child to be driven by, by things like their own values, things on the inside and not like what their peers are doing or, or like to chase money or um, be influenced by the media and that sort of thing. Um, and I think this is important too, because like, as you said, like it's, it's important for parents not to be too controlling of their children. So you can really um, parent in a purposeful way and really be intentional but that does not mean that you're like always on your child's back and like you don't right. kind of um, give them their own responsibility to kind of make mistakes or that sort of thing yeah. Um, yeah I mean there's a big difference between authoritarian and authoritative I mean I use those two words differently you know I mean there's that like yeah. okay you know I'm telling you who to be I'm telling you how to do it you know punishment is usually involved you know when somebody is authoritarian you know, and then authoritative is just like, okay, we've got, you know, we've got open communication, <laughs> you know, I'm listening, like, ultimately, I make the choices. But, 
but I'm also, you know, I'm giving you some scaffolding <laughs> so that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the scaffolding away as you show me, I can trust you more, you know, and I'm going to give you consequences that are teaching. They're not just punishment to make you feel a sting so that you don't want to do the yeah. thing again. They're going to teach you and help you get what you're showing me you don't have. You know, I mean, that's, that's authoritative. So we're respected as the final word. Sure. You know, and as the, as the big wisdom in the house, you know, and the, and the, the pillar that they can lean on, but we're not a dictator. Awesome. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, yeah. As you're talking too, like I'm just, I'm writing down so many notes because there's, there's just so much that you're talking about that, that is just really great stuff. I mean, um, I think a lot of parents, um, if you're not intentional with it, you might not be um, in a space to, to teach your child when they do something wrong. Maybe, maybe you're like, just go to punishment when really you have to explain the purpose of what you do. Um, so like, just to instill like everything that you talk about, like the values in, in a child to like, to, to a parent um, that's hearing this, maybe their child is like five years old, say, um, what's like the first step maybe for the parents to do to try to get their child to just be in touch with like their values and just their identity yeah. as a person. So it is, Brian, it is all about communication. Like it's all about communication. And so like I always tell, you know, cause yeah, my specialty is adolescence and all the trouble they can get into, but like preventing that starts when they're toddlers, you know, I mean, that's when that starts. And it's because it's, it's about like you building a trusting relationship with them that is really based on communication. And so when there's, there, that means that, that you are having dialogue with them about their internal worlds and their external worlds. You know, so they come home from school or preschool, you know, I mean, your kid is five and, and you're like, all right, well, what happened in your day today? You know, what made you feel good today? What made you feel good about yourself? Like, what did, you know, I mean, you ask them questions about, um, you want to know, again, whether they're five or whether they're, they're 15, like how they are processing the world around them, right? So when they hear information, um, and we can't, we got to remember that they remain those sponges that they were when they were toddlers, you know, like you would drop the thing on your foot and then they'd go around, they go around cursing for the next, like, you know, for the next week. Yeah. Like they're still sponges at all those stages, right? And, and that if there are things going on around them, they are soaking them in. And, and so if we want to sort of have some influence on how they soak those in, then we need to be talking about stuff. So we can't assume that um, the billboards, you know, and, the, and what's on TV in the background, you know, that it's just going by them because it is soaking in. They're getting messages about their bodies, about race, about, you know, values, about, <laughs> you know, from all those things coming in. So this is, I'm, I am coming back around, but so we, we, we dialogue with them about like, what did you think about that? What did you feel about that? You know, what, I mean, about the things that, again, that they're experiencing, you know, when they say, oh, well, like, you know, Timmy was mean to me at school today. Then it's like, well, what happened? How did you handle that? Yeah. You know, how did that feel to you? I mean, it's just having, having a dialogue about the things that are going on in their world, the kind of decisions they're having to make. So, cause that's when you have those opportunities to be like, wow, that is awesome. So you said your friend was being bullied and, and you, you, you were scared to say something cause you thought that they might pick on you too, but you said it anyway. Like, that's amazing. How did that feel to you? And how did that other person seem to feel? Like, what impact did you make? You know, and, and you, and then that just like solidified that value for them. They are going to speak out again the next time they see somebody being treated like crap. And, and, 
you know what I mean? So, so those are just like everyday opportunities to help them develop those values, but we have to keep that dialogue open. And that, and here's where it gets tricky is that means that when they come to you and they say, well, you know, he said that thing to me. So I popped him in the nose, <laughs> you know, I mean, where they made a choice that wasn't awesome or they say something, you know, like as my kid got older, and he'd be, you know, and he was just trying to challenge me as he got to be a, a preteen as they do. And, you know, our role as parents is to take, take the deep breath, not freak out, not respond with anger and respond with curiosity and care to everything that they say, you know, and, and, and be like, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, why do you think that? You know, or what happened next? Or what could you have done instead? I mean, just, just, and it's hard to remain calm, but here's the thing. If we don't, and we start to judge and make them wrong, instead of help them explore, you know, what they're thinking and feeling and choosing as a result, then we stop, we will not, we will lose out their trust to be the, uh, the person to, um, to lean on, to guide them through, to give them wisdom, to bounce this stuff off of, which is gonna be more and more important as they get older, right? And so we need to keep validating. We need to keep, you know, I mean, that, that's the way we help them explore their, their values is we sort of val validate, we disagree respectfully, we show them how to do yeah. that. We share with our, you know, our I statements, that sounds all therapisty, but like when they say this idea that we're like, oh my God, I can't believe they believe that they're going to end up being a delinquent, you know, because, you know, they care more, they want all these fancy shoes and all the, all they care about is money. And like, that's not our values. That's not what I want them to have is that half the time they're challenging us for one. <laughs> so just let us is they want to see if we're going to let them be their own person instead of telling them who to be. Right. So yeah. to be like, okay, well, you know, I hear that. I hear why you might think that I hear what, why you might feel that, but, but I feel something different. I think something different and here's why. Because I've had this experience or because I watched this happen with my friend. I mean, we share our own experience, we share our wisdom, but we don't make it almighty gospel or they start to turn it off, yeah. you know, and we include it as a two-way dialogue. Because if we're just preaching to them with the lectures and again, who, what we think their value should be, then they're gonna start tuning that out and we're not gonna be influential. You know, we're influential because they hear that we believe in them and care about their lives and who they really are. And we do that by like asking them questions and listening to their life instead of just, you know, talking at them, which we tend to do as parents, especially as they get older. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, everything you said was just so on point because, um, you know, the thing you said on like you need to have dialogue. Um, about the internal world of like what your kids are are going through because i think a lot of parents you say like a child's five or like 12 maybe they get home from school they ask them like what did they do in school which is which is fine but i think you have to combine that with like so then from that action or something that happened how did you feel from that or how did you respond to that yeah so like what, were you, thinking, that or what were you thinking yeah what were you thinking yeah. when that was happening you know what was and, and it's so important, Brian, to like reinforce and reinforce and reinforce like um, all of the beautiful things they show us, you know, and all of the positive choices they make. I mean, we, I think we tend to forget that our kids are making, you know, way more positive choices every day than they're not. You know, we bust that one thing, make it enormous. Yeah. And that's what I hear as kids get older is like, 
my parents don't realize like I could be doing all of these other things all day long and I'm not. And we, we forget to reinforce yeah. that. But that's, again, but that's another way that we are building trust, that we are letting our kids know that we believe in you. I, we see you, you know, we, we love who you are. And then that, that opens, keeps that, you know, um, that pathway going. Yeah. And like, yeah, the, the stuff on like, it's like the positive and the negative. I think some parents, um, they might only have like the internal dialogue around like only the negative stuff maybe, but not the positive. So I think you really have to combine them both. Um, and this is something, as we said, I mean, your child just can be like four or five and, and like, they kind of um, just model you as a parent. So if they just are used to just developing the habits of talking about how they're feeling and trying mm -hmm. to understand like their response to things, yeah. they can learn that really, really early. And that doesn't have to be like sitting <laughs> across from each other being like, so yeah. how did that, what, what are you thinking? How do you feel? You know, I mean, I always coach, especially that, that, that become like, that's just part of how you roll as a family that just at the dinner table, you're just going to check in and be like, all right, what was like, you know, you can be like a rose and a thorn about your day to day, you know, or what did you learn in school? And like, what do you think about it? I mean, it's just, or, or maybe it's something you have the conversation right before they go to bed or it's while you're walking the dog or it's while you're baking or you're gardening together. Like you just, you know, you establish that as a norm that you just, you talk about everybody's worlds. And, and again, it doesn't have to be because not every kid's going to be like that. Not every parent's going to be comfortable with that. But, you know, as long as you're having little, little discussions that, that say, we talk about this stuff, that there's not taboo topics, you know, that feelings yeah. aren't taboo, that you thinking something isn't taboo. Even if, again, like, like they, they bring out some thought that you want to hit the ceiling on and freak out about, <laughs> you know, there's an artful, you artfully respond by not making room wrong for that and, and figuring out how, okay, well, how can I be influential? Like that concerns me that they're thinking that. I don't want them to keep on carrying that around, you know, and, and thinking that thought. But, um, you know, so how can I be, be influential without shoving my opinion down their throat and scaring them off so they don't want to, so they, they're afraid to share themselves with me here on mm. out. You know, that's, that's the art. That's why yeah. that's where it's not easy. Everything that you talked about, it seems like it's really tied into just fostering like self-awareness, self-reflection and mindfulness in children. So it's a very broad question. What do you feel like the importance of like all of that is just general self-reflection, even for like a five-year-old or a 12-year-old, just as they try to navigate through their life? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really important because it's, I mean, what we know, you know, this is the hard part is that we know biologically that, that self-reflection part of the brain is very undeveloped, you know, all the way into like mid twenties, it isn't really done growing. So we, we, we do tend to ex expect more of this than they're capable of, you know? So I think as long as we keep in mind, like we, we want them, we want them to be strengthening that muscle and we want them to building, be building those synapses, right. And building up that part of the brain. Um, but we also have to understand that, that a why question for a five-year-old isn't gonna go very far. And, and it isn't even gonna go very far often for a 12, 13-year-old <laughs> you know, to, to ask them, why did you do that? Instead of like, what was going on for you when you did that? I mean, even a subtle change of that question, like what were you thinking or what were you feeling when you do that? What, what were you hoping to get when you did that? You know, those are, those are easier than why questions. So, so any way that we can, that we can engage our kids in 
especially the empathy part, you know, like, like your actions, what, how, how did that land to somebody else? You know, how would that, how do you think that felt or that sounded to somebody else? You know, I mean, you really want to be strengthened that, that, that empathy muscle, um, as well as just the, again, that just the practice of, of, of stopping and looking at, and again, this could be like a dinner practice, right? Or at end of the day practice where you just, everybody sort of checks in and says, what do you feel good about that you, that you did today? And what do you want to do better tomorrow? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and the opportunities that that gives to strengthen that. Great. Great. And I, I, I want to tie in too. I think it's tied in with what you said earlier. Um, we, we just need just to validate the feelings that our children have. Um, so it's like, we need to be ready for any sort of response that they have. Um, so my question is, yeah. um, there's a lot going on right now, of course, um, COVID-19, um, race stuff and violence surrounding that. Yeah. Um, so say like there's a parent that is um, here in this podcast, they have a child, maybe is like, like 14 years old, and they're really just feeling down, like all this stuff that's going on. Um, how would the parent best talk with the child um, in like that sort of case? Yeah. So this is, you know, I mean, and this is my everyday, Brian, you realize that like I'm a, I'm a middle school counselor in the trenches holding <laughs> these psyches of, of teenagers right now and tweens that are just overwhelmed by what the world is. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what, what kids, I think the validation coming back to that word, I mean, I can't, I can't say that word enough. I think validating, we forget that like they don't operate like us, <laughs> you know, as fully grown adults, we want them to like, we think they should be processing the world that we do as adults and they don't, you know, I mean, for, for one, they're like, their emotions are bigger. Their feels are bigger. That's, that's just brain chemistry is that their feel bads feel worse and their feel goods feel better, you know, cause of the dopamine and all that, you know, the neurotransmitter stuff and, and their social worlds, like, Social health is mental health for them. Like literally developmentally, <laughs> their, whatever the grand design is, is that they are being programmed to like find their tribe and they, they feel their belonging and their identity, you know, in, in belonging, in being with, with others. And so and it's also, you know, it's how they're figuring out who they are. But when they are, when they are isolated and away from others, they literally, the, the, the survival part of their brain, the animal part of their brain is telling them they're in danger like your life is in danger because you don't have your people around you. Right. And so just coming back to that validation word you said, and you know, that I've said is that validating, like, I, I know that this is, this is hard. Like, it's amazing how, like I will get in front of my, my kids. So I teach a class on mental wellness for sixth, seventh and eighth graders right now, which is beautiful. Every, every school should be doing this. Yeah. Um, and you know, often I'm getting in front of them and saying like, okay, wow, like this is a lot. Like I'm feeling a little roller coastery today, or I didn't sleep very well last night because of the news, you know, and my heart is heavy and, you know, but validating that if you were not feeling, and I say this to them every day, like if you're not feeling a roller coaster of emotions and you're not feeling some level of anxiety or depression about the pile of stuff and how everything has been uprooted and is totally unpredictable right now, then I would be more worried about you. Like it is a very, to feel insane right now is a very sane response to the insanity, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think, so, so being able to, to tell your kids, like whatever you're feeling right now, it is okay. 
right? I mean, like it's okay and it's yeah. normal first. And now, and now like what, what can we do? And this is where you talked about modeling. Absolutely. Like what can we do that can help you feel better? You know, where, where can we find some places that you, you can feel in control of your life? Because that's a big piece of it is that they're feeling really out of control. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm having a hard time with that. So our kids are right. Cause everything has been uprooted. So maybe they, maybe they pick and make dinner for the night. You know, maybe they have more choices in what they're watching for TV. I mean, it's like little things that they need to feel some control over something. Um, and, mm -hmm. and some stability, the routines are key right now. You know, they need to feel like there's something that they know is going to happen, whether it's dinner or it's bedtime or it's some kind of rituals that you have. Kids need us to reinforce, to reassure them, to reassure them like we, th this is, we are all in this kind of, in this crazy thing together, but we have each other. Like I am here. I am here with you. I'm not going anywhere. And even though I don't have all the, the answers for this, I've never been through anything like this. Like we can do hard stuff, you know what I mean? To quote Glennon Doyle, but you know, like we can do hard things as a family because we've got each other and here's all these, I mean, you can highlight the times that you've gotten through other tough stuff or the qualities that you have with each other, you know, that make you resilient. And maybe there's something about your culture or your historical story, you know, where you pull that in, like our people have done, we've gotten through some incredible things. We can do this. So I think, it, I think it's really important to like instill that, um, that resiliency, that belief that even if we're flailing around, we are flailing around together. And so we are going to be okay. Um, and, yeah. and, and modeling, but the other piece is like the coping skills, like our kids are missing a lot of the things that have been their outlets, you know, their, um, their places to just like relieve their stress, <laughs> their clubs, their social activities, like a lot of those things are missing. And so, um, you know, they really need us to not just guide them towards some, some healthy ways to, to handle all their feelings, you know, and to get their stuff out, but to, to do it with them, <laughs> to model it. And we've got to be modeling it. You know, we've got to be like, here, here's how we can handle these feelings, like without a screen, like I can actually yeah. do something other than get on social media to soothe myself, you know, my, my, and I don't even have to talk about it. I'm just going to do this when I'm around you and show you that I am, you know? So I think all that, that modeling, that engaging them in, in learning some coping skills. Maybe there's some things that, that you haven't thought of doing that you introduce them to that is new to them, whether it's gardening or baking or, you know, exercising, yeah. crafting, or, you know, you just try out some new things together, but they, they need us to do that. And that is again, whether they're five or whether they're 14, you know, they're all a little lost right now needing that from us. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. There's, there's so many great points that you made. Um, like one was, um, you mentioned like on, um, like the feeling that, that you have control over something. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the thing that you mentioned was you, sometimes you have to start small. So of course, like the big thing is like, we want our children to feel like they have control over their life. So that's like the like broad thing. Right. But then right. sometimes as, as you were saying, you have to break that down. Like they might just have control over like the choices in a particular area of their life or like their food options. Um, so sometimes for the control, you gotta kind of start small yeah. and then just like the validation, um, which is not, and then like from there you validate it. And then you really try to encourage um, like strength in the mm -hmm. resilience piece. As, as you told me um, on our first phone call, like kids are our biggest 
teachers as parents. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's so key. So maybe like for a parent that's hearing this and maybe yeah. they kind of hear that statement and then they're like, How, what can I learn from my child? Like, I don't, I'm, I don't even know where to start there. What would you say to that parent who is kind of lost in terms of like, what can I learn from my child? Well, it's, it's also, it depends on our receptivity to those lessons. You know, I mean, if we've raised a kid to not say <laughs> what they think and feel, we might not have that opportunity. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I'm, I think, you know, with my child, <clears throat> there was, I wanted him to have voice and I wanted him to, and granted, that's hard to navigate because, <laughs> you know what I mean? That balance between like, I want him to be able to speak his mind, but I also want him to just do what I ask him to do when he needs to do it. When there's sort of like those, you know, non-negotiable moments. But the, the fact that, um, that I, I wanted him to be able to say something to me like, you know, I'm really, um, that's really frustrating for me, mom, because I've seen you do the same thing. You know, and I wanted to sort of set that, set that, 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 that there was a way that he could argue and there was a way that he could like almost call me out. And I know that's going to make a lot of parents are going to feel uncomfortable that I'm allowing my child to call me out. But that to me is part of that teachability is if we don't, if, if we don't sort of make that room, but it was all about how, I mean, I taught him how, you know, how, yeah. how, and when, you know, when is the time that it is like, I just need you to do the thing. And then we can talk about why I asked you later and <laughs> any other feelings you have about it. And then, you know, and when you do have sort of a challenge for me or a thought or a feeling that you have about something I'm doing, how is the way to bring that to me? You know, what's the respectful way to communicate that with me? And because I set that up with him, there were just moments, and I'm not saying they're all easily digestible. <laughs> That's not how lessons always happen, right? But, you know, when your kid is like, you're telling me not to yell, but you're yelling. <laughs> you know, like, sure, I could be like, well, let's just do what I, you know, say and not do. Sure, I could bust out with all that stuff. But instead, you know, I modeled, like, I wanted to model that teachability and that humility of, like, you know what? You're right. You know, you're right. And I think, you know, when I let myself absorb, the, absorb those moments where, where I would be willing to, and again, this is like humility and self-reflection as a parent yeah. are so key is to be able to, to be like, wow, for one, to be able to say like, I need to take a time out right now because <laughs> I might say or do some things I regret and I love you too much to do that. So I'm going to be in there. Um, but being able to come to, to have that grace, have that grace, right? Come back in, you know, or come back the next day or whatever and say like, you know what? I feel really crappy about how, how that went down and my part in that. Like, yeah, I, I'm still not okay with what you said, or I really wish that you had picked up the trash. Like I asked you to do or take out the trash or whatever. Like I'd asked you to do 500 times it feels. And the way that I said that, you know, I don't believe in, in talking to you the way that I did. Like I would, I would not be okay with you talking to me that way. So, you know, I think all of that sort of sets this norm again of communication and, and those lessons did, I mean, it didn't always happen in really sweet, like perfect conversations. Let me not give you that impression that this always sounded like these, these perfectly scripted, <laughs> you know, like I message dialogues. <laughs> Let me, let me reassure you, parents. There was lots of imperfection, you know, as I was doing this. Um, 
but but again it, it's it, him being my greatest teacher depended on my being willing to self-reflect on wow that was some really ugly interaction we just had and and wow. what was my part in that like like the fact yeah. that i mean you know here's here's what happened and you probably are already experiencing this with your child as young as he is right is that our our children if we should if we should accept the mission <laughs> you know our children bring out like strengths we didn't know we had right they bring they they surface like these these strengths about us and they also surface like the things we need to work on yeah, for sure for and sure. those weaknesses and those traumas we're holding from the past and that baggage we've got and that stuff right that stuff we're doing that our parents did that we don't even believe in doing but we do it out of habit like so it's those moments I'm talking about is when we when we stop and reflect and go like, wow, my kid just gave me an opportunity to see that I I'm I'm doing this thing my dad did, which I hated. Like I hated that he did that. It drove me further away from him, yet I just did that crap. Wow. You know, and the fact that he just acted out <laughs> in response to me just taught me, because I saw myself at eight years old in the way that he just responded, he just taught me something if I should choose to learn it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's so key um, to be self-aware as a parent. Um, and it's like okay. the the thing that you were saying, um, it's like being a parent, you kind of notice your flaws or things that you need to improve on as a parent. And the key thing with that too, is like, you need to have a positive perspective on that. So you don't want to have a negative perspective on your flaws. You need to look at it as a positive because that's some opportunity to grow and to get better. Um, and just like, you were just talking about like very deep things, like, in terms of like, don't just focus on maybe what you do or what your child does, but also how they do it, when they do it. Uh, so that's just all great stuff. Um, so one of my final questions, still two or three more questions, but yeah. for this question, um, just like a takeaway, I know you mentioned that you that you went through a lot um, in when you were like 19 and in your 20s too. Um, so like for maybe like a single parent out there that is really going through some challenges and just in the world that we live in, maybe they just feel lost. Um, either as a person or as a parent, what is like the, if you had like a minute or two mm. phone call with them, what would you say on the phone to them? Yeah. So, and, and what I didn't say about my story was that I was, I was a hundred percent single parent. Let me just say that first. And we were also living in poverty. I was living on every kind of government assistance that existed. We didn't have a car. I was walking everywhere. I had three jobs. Like I just need to put that out there that I wasn't like all the, all the situation was groovy outside. So, but, but when I talked to my child about like, what do you remember about this? Or what was your experience with that? He remembers our interactions. He remembers how he doesn't, he didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know we were on welfare. He didn't notice, you know, he knew that we just took these fun walks everywhere. He didn't know we didn't have a car and that that was a pain in my butt, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so I think it's, it's really about, you know, your kids, um, they feed off of your energy, you know, they feel it that, you know, they, so, so um, the circumstances don't matter as much as your connection with your kid. And that's what they're going to remember. That's what they're going to be shaped by. I mean, if they watch you, um, you don't need to be living in a palace with tons of money in order to raise your child well and give them good values. I mean, my, my kid will say out loud, like, I am glad I grew up in poverty. We had to figure out, we could make 
anything out of recyclables. <laughs> we could make yeah. Halloween decorations. We could handcrafted, we hand learned just handcrafted Christmas gifts for each other out of hardly anything. And like that was a value. Now he, every year, you know, we made things for people for Christmas. I mean, that was because we didn't have the money to do anything else, right? And we found all these creative things to do because we didn't have cable. <laughs> you know, we couldn't be flying places and driving places. So, you know, what he'll say is, I, I learned all of this great stuff by having to be creative. And you, and, and that I, um, you know, we'd have theme nights <laughs> where we just do an art and some craft project, or we would go out and adventure and walk around the town and see who we could meet together. And, and all of that was free. We didn't need any money, but, but those things taught him all of these incredible things about, about um, resourcefulness about creativity, about mindfulness. You brought up mindfulness yeah. and that's one of my favorite things to talk about. But the fact that we, so I, we would go on these walks and I'd be like, wait, stop. What do you, listen to what you hear. Look how beautiful this stuff is. Look at all that, you know, did that at every age. And now I've got this kid who's a filmmaker, he's a photographer and he just, because he sees awesome. beauty in everything and he can self entertain like nothing. He doesn't need anything. <laughs> right. And we'll say, so, so that's what kind of just coming back to like, it doesn't matter what's going on outside. Right. But what matters is, is the, is the connection that you have with your child and, and what you make out of that, you know, what sense you help them make out of that. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And the connection with a child, that's number one. Um, and like all, all the money in the world um, can't buy that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so my second to last question, um, so how can someone watching this best connect with you? Yeah, so I've got, um, I've got a professional Facebook page. Um, it's my name with the letters after it. So not my personal one, because you, otherwise you have to hear me sociopolitically rant mm -hmm. all day long. Um, mm -hmm. But Because um, I'm also an inequity disruptor. That's, that's yeah. part of who I am as well. Um, so I, but if it's, it's at Korea counselor on Instagram and on Twitter, and if you do at Korea counselor, I think you find me on Facebook as well. Um, and I have a, a, a new wish, um, YouTube, um, channel that is all about raising teens and tweens in reality and a blog. I have a website. Again, if you just look up my name, dot Korea lens, .com. And that um, will lead to my website. I've got some great resources on there and a blog that I think is pretty tight. That's got some great there. When I, I've talked about communication and I, I can't encourage my reading my blog post enough that is about um, communication Jedi skills. And I break down kind of the top 10 things that if, if you have these, you're going to have all of be able to have those open dialogues and start that as early as possible um, in order to do the value shaping, in order to have that strong relationship that's going to get you through anything. I mean, I think the communication skills are key. So my final question, um, what would you say is your mission statement as a parent? Yeah. Um, and now I get to parent, I'm still, I'm parenting so many other kids now too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my mission statement was with my son and, and still is with my team, my step teens, is um, to raise kids who consistently live their love and respect for themselves, others, and the planet in all they do. And um, who are able to craft fulfilling, joy-filled lives for themselves. Wow. 
Awesome. Yeah, that, that's that's so important. And that I think that's a good wrap up because that's kind of like everything that you were talking about, just following like your your inner compass, staying committed to your values through self-reflection and just all of that stuff. Um, that's just really important stuff. So I really hope that, you know, people that are hearing this podcast, you know, if they're a parent, they really take these things to heart. Because um, if we if we get to a point where in the world, everyone is kind of following their authentic journey and just being their true self, being committed to their values. I mean, that's going to really solve, I think, a lot of the problems, too. So and everyone's just going to be living the best version of, of themselves, which is really the primary goal with that. So, um, Kriya, thanks yeah. again uh, for being on this podcast. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to drop it next week. And, um, yeah, I really hope that people just hear it and really take it all to heart. Awesome. Thank you.